How is the design of today's keyboard at your computer still the same after 145 years? Well, let me tell you about it. Welcome to Design Dive, the podcast that explores design that's all around us every Wednesday in just 10 to 15 minutes so you can get on with your day. My name's Chris Downs, and whether you're a designer or just simply curious about how design impacts our everyday life, you're in the right place. So let's dive in. Today we're going to talk about the keyboard. Now all of us in some form or another have used a keyboard, whether it be on our computer, your tablet, smartphone. It's a part of our everyday life and how we interact with the digital realm today. Now this begs the question, why are the keys on that keyboard so random? They're not in order alphabetically. There's not really a rhyme or reason to it. So why do we stick with that? I had this thought when I was looking at an old typewriter we have sitting in our home and thought about how does this 1939 typewriter have the exact same keyboard that my keyboard at work has. To me, it was mind-boggling that both used the same general layout. It had to originate from somewhere. That history goes all the way back to the early 1800s. So from the 1840s to about the 1890s, about half a century, during this period, there were constant debates on the arrangement of the letters on the keyboard. Now, in the 1840s, we start to see the first arrangement of keys on what we would consider a a typing machine laid out almost like a piano keyboard, where there were black and white keys, and that the, the first half of the alphabet were on the black keys, And then circling back around would be the last half of the alphabet on the white keys. Later in 1865, there was a writing ball and look it up. It it's bizarre. A writing ball that had keys sticking out of this, this metal ball. And that's where you would put your hand and tinker around with it to type. But when you first look at it, it really does look like a nightmare. I dare you to write a midterm paper on that. It would be wild. In 1868, in comes a man named Christopher Latham Scholes. He started making big progress on the typewriter that we would later recognize today. He kept working and working with layout after layout. Each one was different from the other, but ultimately his goal was to figure out the best one for a typing machine. Now, later he would keep working on that layout till about 1873 when he was very close to the keyboard that we know today. Now, why that specific layout? Why did he land on that and think this is has the most promise? Well, the most popular theory out there that some will tell you is it was to prevent keys from jamming. If you put everything in alphabetical order, the most popular letters next to each other, if you were hitting those often, those hammers that would come and hit the the paper, thus putting that ink on the page, would get stuck together and would just 
be a hassle for whoever was typing a document. So spreading out those popular letters led to less jamming uh, and better ease of use. So again, that that's the most popular theory, but if we use that same logic, there could have been other layouts that would accomplish the same thing. And there were at the time other layouts that did prevent jamming. So we can't really lean on that being the main reason because I think the biggest piece of evidence is in 1889, several years later, a different layout was suggested offering the same solution that wouldn't jam the keys, but promised better ease of use. By whom? Christopher Latham Scholes, the same guy that invented uh, the, the, the layout that we know. He introduced this just before he died. So the guy that invented the keyboard we have today wasn't even settled on that being the final design, which is very interesting. Now, to from here on out, I'm going to refer to the keyboard that we know today is the QWERTY keyboard. Why is it called that? Because if you look at the top left of your keyboard and read over to the right, Q-W-E-R-T-Y is the order of those keys, and QWERTY is what it spells. And so that's that's what we state it as. Uh, just to throw out another uh, possible theory onto why it was organized that way was if you look at the top row of the keyboard, you could spell typewriter all on that single line, making it easier for salespeople that were going around typing up things to sell typewriters to type out the word typewriter. That way they wouldn't have to jump around the keyboard too often. Again, not a very popular theory, but one that I thought was kind of interesting. So let's get back to the history of things. In 1873, we are getting close to the QWERTY keyboard we know today. In comes a company, Remington, known for guns uh, mainly and sewing machines. They, they manufactured these. They entered the typewriter business after buying Schultz Design. They were looking for some new ways to bring in money after the Civil War and landed on pursuing the typewriter. Now, how on earth did this layout get to the global adoption that we know today? Well, in the 1890s, many companies were merging into trusts. This would allow them to fix prices and control markets uh, better than just individual companies. In 1893, some of the biggest manufacturers of these typewriters came together to form a union called the Union Typewriter Company. Now, these manufacturers, they would care more about price and how the typewriter worked more so than the design of the keyboard. They took Schultz's original design, Remington did, and they ran with it. And that is another reason to why the keyboard is still around today. Remington, the largest company in the union, they had Schultz keyboard design. And some of the smaller companies decided to adopt it because, hey, the big dog's using the keyboard, so we should probably use it too. So it pushed that pattern across the board to where the majority of these typewriters were using the same layout. Now, the last reason to why this layout, the QWERTY keyboard, stuck around was there were typist classes. 
Now, most of those typing classes contained women, but they all used the most common layout of the day, which was the QWERTY keyboard. Now, today, we're, we have been born with the keyboard around us. We've always known the keyboard, have used it uh, almost every day. It's just a part of who we are. These people, it was new to them. So as adults, they're being introduced to this typing mechanism. So they needed to take classes to get up to speed and understand how this typewriter worked. And so these classes became a universal way to teach and bring people on to this profession of being a typist. And so ultimately, this adoption and teaching it to generation after generation is why we have that layout today. So after all these reasons, that was the final nail of the coffin, and that is why QWERTY has stuck around for so long. So now we enter the digital realm. We have computers that obviously do not have the same mechanics of a typewriter. Why on earth do we need to use the same layout if we're not trying to solve for the issues of the day when it was first invented? Well, 99% of us still have that keyboard, and even though we don't have that problem, it really is just ingrained in society. We all are very much familiar with it, and trying to get the majority of the world on board with a new design is nearly impossible. So we can be confident in knowing that QWERTY is here to stay, and whether you like it or not, it's going to be on every device that you use from here on out. Now, is it the best solution? Is that layout one that is going to be helping us in the end? Well, as we can see from Schultz right before he died, he introduced a, another possible layout. So he felt like there could be improvements. And there's debate today that there's other designs that could possibly improve upon it. Uh, and if you look it up online, there's many different options, even dating back to uh, layouts from the 1930s that were introduced that are better. Now, again, we're forever going to probably hold on to this layout, but there are some things that we can learn from this. Behind every design, there's a story, particularly the keyboard, and this really sparked the thought of me diving into this. This story dated back 145 years ago. Just a design decision on one layout of the keyboard stuck around for that long. And to me, that is crazy. You never know how a new design can change the world. And that's why when the future does introduce new designs, sometimes we have to be open-minded. There might be a better way to do it, sure, but that's the beauty of innovation and moving on to something better, introducing new things. Because again, we're trying to solve for a problem and ultimately, there are going to be multiple solutions out there, but you never know when one might just last for that long. And that's our dive. If you've enjoyed this episode, please follow the channel, leave a rating or review, and share this podcast with others. But until next time, keep learning, stay inspired, and remember, design is all around us. See ya. See ya.